and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let's continue to pray. Lord, we're grateful that even in this season of uh, uh, celebrating the birth of our Messiah, Thank you, Lord, that um, you, you draw us to yourself, Father. Thank you that we don't have to be um, just weighed down by anxiety or just uncertainty, but we can have an assurance, Father, uh, that if you're for us, uh, then no one can be against us. So bless our time together. Let your words be spirit and life to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, for our text reading this morning, we're going to be, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 9. Let me read starting from verse uh, 2 up to verse 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation and you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot in the trampling, tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on, upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You know, what is amazing about the scriptures is that it not only reveals who God is and His plan for our lives, but the fact that He has spoken to us ahead of time uh, of what things will happen so that when it does come to pass, we know that it was God orchestrating things all along. And really, those are, that's one of the more Im- most important reasons why the prophetic books are so vital to our faith. Although, of course, it's been in the past, uh, you know, Isaiah was written... Uh, around 700 BC, uh, when, when he was a contemporary of several kings in the kingdom of Judah. But yet his prophetic pronouncements were uh, spoken about things that were about to take place, some of it soon, but some of it projecting into the future hundreds of years later. So I, I'm, I'm saying that because as we reflect upon this particular prophecy, we will see that it's like a telescope into the future, which has an impact even to us to this very day. And you'll see why. Um, th- this particular pronouncement that we read, Isaiah chapter 9, we didn't read, you know, it's always better to read uh, several verses before that. We're just reading this a portion because of time. Um, notice that it was written, um, uh, you know, around 700 plus B.C., uh, to an audience uh, that was in the southern kingdom of Judah um, at the time when everything seemed to be uh, all peace and quiet. Uh, you know, Israel, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, 
which was the southern kingdom, was in a relative time of prosperity and peace. But he was speaking of a difficult time uh, that was about to happen, although he, if you notice, he spoke of it in the past tense. But it was still about to unfold. So when you realize that this was the context, then you appreciate more the significance of this pronouncement that pretty soon they were going to come under judgment from the Assyrian empires and the Babylonian empires. Uh, but soon after that judgment would be a time uh, of restoration that would take place. See, because of Israel's unfaithfulness to the covenant, God was going to bring righteous judgment. And you have to understand, when you hear the word judgment, often it elicits a sense of not just dread and, and fear, but it's like, Lord, why will we have to go through judgment? And you have to understand, God is a covenant-making uh, and a covenant-keeping God. God is always faithful. God is always righteous in His dealings with His people. And when, he's, when the people of God are faithful to Him, He brings His blessing and His prosperity and His protection. But when they are unfaithful to Him, the Lord is gracious, He's merciful, but He's also righteous. And you cannot keep violating God's commands, as was the case in Israel, and not reap the consequences of your own folly. And so we have to understand that was it, God does not delight in the destruction of His people, but yet this was about to happen as the pronouncement of the prophetic word. And as, 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 as I said earlier, it's going to take place within a few decades uh, the northern kingdom would be destroyed by the Assyrians, and then eventually, uh, several decades after, the Babylonians would destroy Jerusalem. But as I said, after judgment, there was a promised restoration that would take place. And the way he was describing this restoration was just like in the time of Midian. Now, when was the time of Midian, and I believe this is a reference to the time when Gideon, uh, remember, the, 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 the people of Israel were under the oppression of the Midianites, uh, this was in the time of Judges. And because, again, of their unfaithfulness to the Lord, uh, they were impoverished. The Midians had basically taken over the land. They were uh, stealing their harvest. They were, um, you know, they, they were just occupying it until they cried out to the Lord in their anguish. And the Lord raised uh, Gideon to bring about a mighty deliverance. And remember, Gideon was only 300 uh, men after all of them were were, were eliminated, and then they defeated over 100,000 Midianites. And he was describing, so Isaiah is giving a context. This was what was going to happen. The sense of rejoicing that you're going to experience is just like in the time of Midian, when the enemy has been defeated, uh, when uh, you're going, it's like reaping a harvest. You know, think about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I love to eat farm produce, but... In an agricultural country such as ours, harvest time is always a wonderful time, isn't it? Because you get to reap all the things that you have sown. And so imagine a farmer expecting their crop to be harvested. That's the sense of the joy that uh, Isaiah was describing. It's also like the spoils of war being divided when war has finally ended. You know, I, I had a flashback, uh, I, you know, as far back as what? 78 years ago, after World War II ended, you know, if you go through the city of Manila, you, you can't imagine how that nation, I mean, how that city was devastated. By the way, uh, unfortunately, because of wars that are happening all over the world now, you know, 
we can't help but be reminded of the destruction that happened in, in our own nation. You know, in World War II, the most destroyed city the great, uh, with the great, greatest destruction was actually Warsaw in Poland. The second is Manila. We had about 100,000 people who died in the retaking of that city. So you can imagine if you talk to your relatives who are old, who are still alive today, the, the sense of not just relief, but joy. It's like, oh, finally, war has ended. And the hope of being able to rebuild your lives. Why was Isaiah saying that? You know, again, he, he goes at length. He says, even though you're going to go through destruction, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. I will bring restoration just like that in the time of Midian. And the way that restoration is going to take place is, be, is through the birth of a child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I want us to understand every time the Israelites would cry out to God in their oppression, God's answer was always to raise a person, a human leader. And that's still true to this very day. You know, the world is in destruction mode, it seems like now. But God's answer is always to raise a people, a person, a leader, and a group of people who will bring the purposes of God. And that's what I want to dwell upon. And he describes who this leader is. He's going to be, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And he says the government will be on his shoulders. And... Government, as I've reflected and I've studied, I know we, we understand government, sure, as, some, as uh, something you know, to bring about rule and peace and order and all that. But the sense of the word government, I believe, is very, very helpful for us to appreciate who this son and child will be. The word government, in essence, means to preserve. Not to exploit, not to destroy, but to bring preservation of the community, of the society. And the name of this government, uh, the name of this person who was going to lead in government had four names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What powerful descriptions, wonderful descriptions rather, of who this person will be. And, um, you know, names are very important in the Bible. I don't know if you realize that. Because names are descriptive of a person's character and, and nature. And they're not just, you know, they're not just labels, if you will. You know, when Jacob was born, Jacob means deceiver. Okay? Sa Tagalog, manggagancho, di ba? Parang, wow, ang lupit naman ng pangalan niya, di ba? Of course, God renamed him Israel, which means a prince. And uh, names are important in the Bible, good and bad. Okay? God can redeem and the names given to this child who was going to be born were wonderful counselor, meaning possessing divine wisdom to solve problems. You know, many times, I, you know, I, I use the word wisdom a whole lot now. In our society, there's a lot of knowledge and information, but not too many people have wisdom. And wisdom is really uh, not just profound sayings as we understand it. I like the way Lance Walno put it. He says, wisdom is the ability to solve problems. With so much information around the world, many problems in society still aren't being solved. And, but the, this person possesses wisdom, and guess what? You and I can partake of that wisdom. Number two is mighty God. The, the ability to bring about 
and save righteousness, I mean, and bring righteousness rather. Number three is everlasting father. In other words, that sense of familial care and protection. And finally, number four, prince of peace. Um, meaning not necessarily, you know, when we think of peace, it's not just the absence of conflict, but in the sense of this uh, usage, the ability to subdue your enemies so that they don't rise up again. And so these four wonderful names, if you will, given to this, uh, to this individual baby who's going to be born, we know ultimately is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the promised a person who would bring the government and the kingdom of God back into the world. And isn't it amazing that uh, even though that prophecy was given about 2,500 years ago, to this day, we still see the blessing of that prophecy being fulfilled in the birth of Christ. Now, how do we know it was Jesus? Well, Matthew, when he wrote in, in, in uh, his gospel account in Matthew 4, he was speaking, he was quoting this very prophecy. He says, you know, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. We didn't read verse 1 anymore of chapter 9. It was speaking of the land of Naphtali and Zebulun, where the Sea of Galilee is. And of course, Jesus started his ministry in the Sea of Galilee. And so, what I simply want to share with you, brothers and sisters, is this. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yes, let's remember that we're, we're not, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but we don't relate with him as a baby anymore. I think that's a pretty obvious uh, implication, isn't it? You know, every child, I mean, all of us were children at once. You know, I, um, it was my birthday, okay, a few weeks ago, and I'm a 63-year-old man already. That's a senior. And... You know, my mom and dad who passed away already can probably appreciate me as a child. And I still have a few baby pictures, uh, which is really funny when I look at it. But the fact is, I'm not a child anymore. I'm an adult and I have my own children. What's my point? My point is, we don't relate with a helpless baby anymore. We relate with a King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's the Jesus whom we're celebrating and we need to understand that because in light of the shakings that are happening in the world right now, we certainly need our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace to bring his rulership once again in the earth. And so let's be reminded that this Christmas, yes, let's spend time with family. Yes, let's enjoy, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Okay, you can only do that in Baguio, I guess. Uh, but the point is, we need a king who will bring an end to the global conflicts that are happening. We need a father who will care for us. We need a mighty God who will overcome all the works of the enemy in our lives. And we need that wonderful counselor to guide us in the way we live our lives. Let's continue to believe that the prophecy of Isaiah is going to be fulfilled. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Brothers and sisters, the outcome of all that's happening is going to be this glorious end. Not the destruction of the planet, but the reigning king bringing his goodness and benevolent rulership in our lives 
and in the earth. Let's pray as we close. Father, thank you for the, for the assurance that you give us through the prophecy of Isaiah that this has truly come to pass, Lord, in the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the miracle, Father, of God becoming flesh in the person of Christ. Lord, it's still um, both a mystery and a miracle that to this day, Father, we can see and prophesy of the increase of your government and peace. There will be no end. It may seem like it's a gloomy time, just like it says in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. But yet, Lord, a great light has dawned, and that light is none other than you. And so, Lord, renew our hope, renew our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, Jesus, you're the anchor of us. As you go about your day, may the grace of God abound in your life as you wade through Christmas traffic. God bless you all. Okay. <laughs>